0: Good morning, afternoon and evening Supercoach leaders. Welcome back to another Supercoach Leads podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at exoticlimo.com.au. My name's Corey, no Brett today, but alongside me is Joel.
1: G'day boys, how are you? Nice to uh, take Brett's spot again. I don't know where he is, but he seems to be missing in action a fair bit lately. But um, moving on to the next member of
2: the podcast, Bomper. Choo choo! Thanks, Jolly, mate. That's right, fellas. The Bombs Express is back. And uh, what do we have today, boys? We're going into round number 16. So let's get this podcast um, up and going. But before we get stuck into that, not only do we have some exciting news to drop here at the start of the podcast... Um, but before we do that, Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media, mate?
0: Well, find us on social media at Twitter, SC, at SCElite, sorry, on Twitter, at SC Elite. Um, Facebook, the podcast store, iTunes, at Super Coach Elite. Um And some exciting news. We launched, we officially launched the um, website as of Sunday night, after the game's finished, so jump on now at www.supercoachelites.com um, and check it out, we've got all our weekly articles on there, bonds you're doing a captain's one, um, a weekly captain's article, which I think went pretty well last week, didn't
2: it? Yeah, that's right, yeah, I've got the old choo-choo, uh, choose your captain going, and um, you know my, my first couple of uh you know, recommendations was, you know, VC and a, a Crips type into either Gorn or Mitchell. Um, so, look, if you had Gorn or Mitchell, you'd prefer Mitchell, but gee, you wouldn't be dissatisfied with a 145 from Gorn, who was my number one option last week.
0: Yeah, we got Haz doing his uh, studs and duds for the week. Um, I'll be bringing you the Round the Grounds, which I bought out today, Monday being Monday. um, But that'll come out every single Tuesday as well. So, articles, I think the forums, the forums have kicked off a little bit. That's where we'll start um, putting our podcast questions um, rather than um, separate on Facebook and Twitter, just because it's easier to find. Um, So, you'll jump on, make a quick account, just sign up with your email, make a password, um, and then you can jump on and... uh, post any questions you've got for the forums there but look it's fun it's exciting get on check it out uh leave us some feedback but i think it's time to move on and get into some bubble boys for the week uh i reckon
2: before that how about a shout out to the serial pest Diz, who let's face it did 98.7 <laughs> probably percent of the work um in putting that together so just a big clap clap to Diz, who's a Put in a lot of effort to get this thing up and going. He definitely
0: has. He definitely has. And um, yeah, the, the work that they've uh, put in behind the scenes Diz, Will a um, couple of the others just to make sure it's uh, all up to date and all sorted. They've uh, they have done an amazing job. Uh, we have two players, I think, this week that will be on the bubble. Uh, Ainsworth, if he gets another game for uh, for West Coast, I should say. Dropping scores of 66 and 45, so a little bit disappointing on the weekend. He's a mid-only, 117k. And Jacob Dawson, again, mid-only, 51 and 59 scores. And he's 102k, which is very, very tantalising. I know, Bontz, you went early on Jacob Dawson a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we'll go with you, yeah. Schmidty slash Joel, just so people don't get confused. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on Ainsworth and Jacob Dawson?
1: Uh, in all honesty, I haven't seen a lot of West Coast, so I haven't seen a lot of Ainsworth. But Dawson obviously played Collingwood on the weekend. You had to look at him. Uh, yeah, the 102 k is nice. I'm not sure overall how long he'll be around for, but wouldn't be the worst downgrade option considering he's pretty much as cheap as they come.
2: Yeah. Bob's. Yeah, man, I like the Dawson one. Um, you know, obviously picked him on debut, um, so really had no idea what I was getting myself into. And uh, first game, had 42 at the half and, and didn't do anything in the second half. And this game, he was a little more consistent across the four quarters and, and scored a 59. So, um, you know what? Averaging 55, um, 102K. If you need someone to downgrade to in the midfield, you can obviously go grab him. But probably the smarter thing would do, probably wait a week and, and go grab the fella from, um, from Collingwood if you want someone more of a scoring output. Um, but if you desperately needed someone this week... Um, Look, I'd probably even go grab here as well. I know that wasn't really the question. I'd probably avoid the both of them and, and grab Sear. But um, Dawson, look, he can certainly do worse than picking Dawson, I think.
0: 102k. It's a nice, handy price rise. Um, again, I'd probably go grab a Braden Sire bonfire, just to correct you there. Yes, whatever his name is. Yeah, 123k. He <laughs> had a nice little score of 83 on the weekend. He looked right at home. Look, the 20K is going to make a big difference going forward. Jacob Dawson should be pretty safe in that team. I do worry with how often Stewie G rotates that door. I mean, players in and out constantly. Um, Ainsworth is a bit of a worry. I think Dom Sheed will come back in there. He's been he's been killing it in the um, waffle Ainsworth and really deserves a, a spot in the senior side. So I'd love to, for him to stay in. The selfish part of me would love him to come out and be ready for next year, but... Um, certainly has deserved it. But if I was going one of the two, I'd be going Dawson, or going the week early on Braden Sire, because he was fantastic on the weekend after Treloar went down. Doesn't have that gut-running pace, but he can be a contested beast, and he can definitely find his own ball. I think he had 19 touches on the weekend, Sire. So, um, the other one there is... Yeah, the other one there is a little Quinton Farknackle, who's... um, (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> you tell me off for swearing on the potty all the time. I'm just f- kind of confused now about the double standards here.
0: I said, fuck, F-A-R-K. <laughs> Not, oh, what? see, I understand the problem there. Apologise. You thought I said the other one. No, yeah, the other no. One. Yeah, so, little Quentin. Uh, Sorry if there's anyone <laughs> under the age of 18 listening. Um, but, look, Quinton Arkle, <laughs> uh, absolutely... He he was great on the weekend. We were uh, we went out to watch that game on Saturday night. It's a bit of a uh, Friday night I should say, it's a bit of an elite catch up. How good did he look, especially when he uh nailed a couple of those goals. Yeah. He was everywhere. So look, if you want to wait the week you got Sire and you got Narkel um the week after, I think you could give them both a week at the same price and see where they go, but I'm I'm pretty set on Sire as well. <laughs> the I think
2: only... score was, was way too um way too high to be honest. I mean he was probably you know, those two goals that he kicked were, were quite exciting and, and big-type goals. But, yeah, that's probably not going to happen every week. So, probably had a higher output than, than what he's going to do for the rest of the year.
0: What if the problem is, what if you need to upgrade down back, downgrade down back? Can you have a look at Lynch from the Dogs? Or is he just not safe in that team? Score of 63, it's not, sorry. hundred and twenty three man.
2: It's, it's not safe. Who are you going to be downgrading, though? Like, you've got to really be going up, um, if anything, don't you?
0: don't know, you might not have anyone in the midfield that's ready to go down. You might have to go in Austin or someone if they don't come back yeah. in. Is I mean, that Austin's worth probably, it, or is it just... Ugh.
2: I wouldn't bother downgrading, no. Austin's probably going to come back in this week with, with Brown's injury, and since Brown's been back on the team, it's, it's kind of screwed Austin's scoring, hasn't it? Remember when he went off that game and he had that big second half, it's when Brown was off the ground. So um, now with Brown's injury, if um, Austin gets named, you could see a return to 80-plus here on his he, scoring
0: look honestly I just think Lynch is a little bit risky but I thought I'd have to bring it up. Uh Schmitty, thoughts?
1: Yeah, just uh, from doing the break even spreadsheet uh, last night I was having a look at all the first gamers for this for this week, sorry that have played their first game for the year and obviously guys like Sire and Knuckle and Lynch and all that are all featuring in that and um yeah I'm just not sure really what um yeah I don't, no, I don't know. I just I couldn't I couldn't jump on him yet. Uh, not early anyway, maybe maybe next week on the bubble.
0: Is it safe to say that, I mean, I, I know we were having discussion this week, and are either of you looking to downgrade at all?
2: No. Do you oh, need oh, to? No. <sighs> no. I don't think you do, unless it's absolutely necessary to get an upgrade, I don't think you need to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm probably in that boat where I have one more, Frisch is my F6,
1: midfield's done, even though it's got Dusty in it, uh, And Rice is my F6 this week. uh, Sorry, my D6. So, yeah, one more downgrade, one more upgrade to get him to a premium. So I will be looking eventually, just not sure who it's going to be.
0: See how they worry, because you get so many players that just try and rush getting their team done. I mean, we were having that conversation last night, Bonsters, you know, having a look at things that need to be done or if we can sit there and wait a week or, or what we need to do for certain players. So... Um, I mean, you know me, I'm still really big on Webster. Um, and even if he comes back this week, I can afford him. But I'll probably wait a week or two and pick him up at that deflated price. Because yep. at this back end of the season, cash is everything. Um, yep. Maximising trades, and it may seem you may say it's 10 grand this week, 20 grand next week, you know, this, that, but that ends up adding up. And if you're like 2 3k short at the end of the season, that one player you wanted and that could be it. You just didn't wait for someone to go down at the right time. So I think we'll touch on this next week. I think the best kind of point of view, unless you're really, really hard to, do, would probably be avoid Ainsworth. If that extra 20k on Dawson's perfect for you, then you might as well take it if he's named. But I think Sire is uh, staying in that team. And I think it's worth waiting a week and having a look and uh reevaluating there. So, yeah. Top of that? No? Nope, no. All right, thought you were about to go then. Let's go with some Round the Grounds. Um, so I've done the article today, so I should be absolutely all over this. Uh, VFL Round 1. Uh, again, I should say, if you want a little bit more of an in-depth analysis than what I'm going going to go through with right now, jump across to our website. The Around the Grounds tab is up. VFL oh, Round 13 across the whole competition um, broke down kind of in-depth analysis of who played well. And there's also a Super Coach 1 to watch column. So players that I think should be on your radar for next year um, who could potentially make a debut later in this season as well. So check that out. Nice little read. Pump, pump my own boots. Um, so we had <laughs> we had uh, Northern Blues, 65, defeated by Footscray, 71 on the weekend. Um, Roberts come through and kick three goals in the second half to kind of steer that back in Footscray's favour and uh, steal the wing. Big uh, Roughhead was really, really good. Jordan Roughhead. Uh, Hayes had 31. And Collins had 15 and 9 marks, again, off that halfback flank. For the Blues, young Sam Fisher, the ex-Swan, Um, and was in the academy for GWS. Um, He had 29 on the weekend. Won't be eligible this year, but I think he might get a rookie list spot next year for the Blues. He's been playing some pretty good footy. Uh, Mackay played further up the ground, Bontz. Big Harry Mackay managed to take a couple clunk a couple of marks up the field and uh, send that ball forward. Uh, Paddy Kerr come up. He was injured before the game. Scraped through, key kick, kick, two goals, one. And and Darcy Lang managed to get a little bit of the football but will probably need to do a bit more to get a senior debut. Um, Geelong, 88. They defeated Werribee. Jackson Thurlow, he had 29 touches. Um, Big Abbott and Smith, they shared ruck duties and both rucked very well, ended up with over 30 hit-outs each. Um, so they were the best in that game. Richmond, 95, defeated Box Hill, 48. We had um, Callum Moore again. He kicked two goals, four this week, um, but had plenty of the ball as well. Corey Alice Bumps, your favourite man in the uh, whole VFR competition. He had 26 touches and played very, very good. Um, Paddy Nash, son of Chris Nash, he played well. He had 19, kicked the goal. Um, and Shai Bolton played in the midfield, surprisingly. So, yeah, he had 22. With Conker going down, who do you think is going to come in in for it?
2: Man, Richmond have just had that many kind of just good players out of the team, and, and their depth's that good. Honestly, your guess is, I think, so as good as mine. Um, they've just got. Number, like just a huge number of players who can, who can fill the role. I honestly can't tell you who it's going to be because I've got zero confidence.
0: Wouldn't be surprised if it was your boy Corey So uh, Let's uh, let's touch wood. Um, for the He's box, not you know, my boy. That needs to be put on record. On the other side of the coin, uh, Warpole he had 20 and kicked two. Cousins had 26 and Pitney. Racked really, really well. Um, Port Melbourne, defeated by Sandringham, 79-134. Darren Mitchington, returned from injury. He played well. Ed Phillips, anyone who's still got him? He had 20 and a goal. Nathan Freeman had 20 touches. Raul Marshall, one goal, one and 23. How's this game, boys? This is the stat line. Tom Hickey. Oh, yeah.
1: You know, yeah, I was about to say, I already know who you're going
0: with. Right. <laughs> you get getting a little bit excited there, You're a big Sandringer, <laughs> man. Um, no. <laughs> 59 hitouts, 34 disposals, 6 marks and 7 tackles for a Ruckman. How crazy is that?
1: That's, that's pretty grimy I mean, numbers right yeah, there. It was just pretty.
0: crazy. He could get a call-up to run around with Gorn for the day <laughs> this week. So, um, pretty impressive stuff from him there. Essendon, 46, defeated by Casey, 54. Oscar Baker, boys, from Casey Scorpions. Mark this guy's name down. He had 34 touches on the weekend. Has beautiful, flowing red hair. Um, was recruited as a small forward with pick 48 back in 2017. And has just been increasing his midfield minute times... Uh, Midfield minutes, I should say, and yeah, played predominantly midfield on the weekend, up against the likes of Dylan Clark um, and Kobe Mutch, and absolutely dominated, so he had 34 touches, I think he's going to be the real deal, I think next year he'll probably get a go in that Melbourne team at some stage, depth is the only worry. Bernie Vince, who was dropped, he had 25. Um, and, of course, best again, on best for Essendon as well, Clark and Kobe Much, um, And another one to watch out for is Sammy Draper, who had done a little bit of a write-up on this week too. He's um, a 19-year-old ruckman with a big frame already, and he's going to be very, very good in the future.
1: Quick question for you, Corey. Yeah, mate. So Ridley had 28 in the VFL last week. Uh,
0: and yeah. He about...
1: Okay, he was coming back in. Was he the AFL-listed emergency, therefore he didn't play? Because I haven't heard anything about him this week.
0: Didn't play. Well, you could be You could be convinced that he didn't play, mate. He had eight touches in the VFL. Oh, on the so he weekend. in the
2: VFL. Yeah, okay
0: so eight disposals yeah. in the weekend. Absolutely stunk it up. So um, Aaron Francis was pretty good off that half-back flank in the second half too. He was uh, ordinary in the first. But yeah, that game was down in uh, Craigieburn on the weekend too, down at Ram yeah, Stadium. Yeah. So it was a little bit windy. Um, North Melbourne, 108 I wait, defeated Coburg. Got something so mate?
2: No, I was just going to say, was the admin sorted down in Craigieburn?
0: Or? Yeah, I drove it past good it actually. Yeah. Uh, afterwards. So. Uh, I actually didn't know what was going on to be honest with you, so you should pay more attention to that. Um, Bruce had 60 hitouts and 18 touches again, so uh, mate, I don't know what's going to happen at North next year. Imagine he leaves them. That'll just kill them. Um, Hibbert and Zerhar had 25-piece. Alex Morgan was good off half-back. Williamstown defeated Collingwood. There was no one really who played well for Collingwood, bar Callum Brown, who had 31. Sammy Murray had another 25, and forgotten man Adam Oxley played all right. Across to the Sandful, Port Adelaide were defeated by... or Port Adelaide 60, defeated by Norwood, 88. Jack Watts played well again. Um, Need and Amon also played good. My boy Sturt defeated Adelaide, 136-64. to Patrick Wilson, who was surprisingly dropped after one game, come back into the twos and tore it up. Rory Atkins played well as well. Um... Across to the Waffle, I think this game had the most interest around the weekend. So we had Peel 78 defeating Swan District. Um, big Sean Darcy boys, the Ruckman, he kicked three goals, one, five tackles, five marks, and had 31 hitouts. I think that he might come back in this week. I know Apness played pretty well, but I think that big body is, is what they're going to need. Um... So I think Sean Dart. It's about time for Sean Dart to come back in.
1: Bomfer, that's a Gorn matchup, isn't
0: it? Yeah, yeah. So that's against Gorney, um and I think that'll be needed. Um, Bomps Taylor Duman. Yeah. Taylor Duman. He had thirty-one on the weekend. No surprises there? Yeah, back. He should be back. I reckon. Uh, Bradley Hill. He also come back from injury. Had twenty-five. Daniel Pierce collected thirty-five touches, um, and Harley Bernal had twenty-one before sitting out the whole last quarter. Uh, South Fremantle 105, defeated East Perth, 84. Dom Sheed had 34 disposals. Francis Watson, 19. Luke Parrington, he had another 27. Um, and big Nathan Vardy, guys, kicked two goals, one, and had 57 hit-outs. Last but not least, we're in the NEFL. Uh, Sydney Swans, 80. Defeated by a uh, defeated Brisbane Lions, sorry, 51. Nick Newman had another 30. Foot was impressive. Jordan Dawson, this is one to watch out for. I thought he would have got a gig at some stage this year, but potentially next year he kicked three and had 23. Um, and then the Lions had Liam Dawson, who had 32 touches as well, and Benny Keys are probably most impressive. Um, the Giants had a bit of a training run. Shipley kicked three, two. Adam Kennedy impressed on return. Oh. In his second week back as well, he had 26. Um, Big Matty Flynn had 39 hitouts, And for Gold Coast against 101, defeated Redland, 74. Cade Jasny boys, he had 31 disposals, 14 marks. Surely we'll get away back in that team eventually. Um, and Will Brody played well with 29 disposals as well. That is around the grounds. It's been longer than the last two weeks.
1: Well, Still nailed it,
0: Coming off the boys, it was uh, yeah, a bit more of a tongue twister. Bonfart the challenge, where are we at?
2: Oh well, I'll tell you what, you want you want conspiracy theories as to why Brett is <laughs> no longer present in the podcast, uh, in recent times and I'll tell you what, this will have a lot to do with it, I think. Um all right. Now we know we'll have to go through what the what the thing is. Alright, we'll do it very quickly. Okay, so long story short, we all picked one player each at the start of the year, me, Brett Corey, who we went for a breakout player, whoever averaged the least will have to go down and do some form of challenge. We've teamed up we missed his diners down in Reservoir um, where the community will get to vote whether it's a chilli challenge or a, you know, uh, big food type item challenge. Now, what we've got at the moment is bonfire. Well, of course, I'm number one. Is anyone even surprised by that? Because I've gone with the one, the only, and he's gone up to 107.36 average now with a 136 in the weekend. Sis has knocked out a 90 sitting in position number two at 107.08. Now, this is the one that I really love, (laughs) Devin Bloody smith He's come out and scored a 52, and it's no wonder Brett is MIA because his average is down to 92.6. There is no way Dev is catching up on a a 15-a-game average between now and the end of the season. So, community, if you're starting to just get a little bit excited about uh, Brett doing the challenge, tweet at us, write it on Facebook, whatever you want, drop it in the comments on one of the forums on the the new... um, on the new website sudjogalates dot com, and uh, let us know what you'd prefer or what you'd rather see Bretta do. Um, down one of these incredibly spicy Carolina Reaper chilies, or uh, just go through a, a mountain sort of food, which sounds a little bit mundane and boring, if you ask me.
0: I'll give you some advice to the community. Brett loves eating food. Brett hates hot food. So, <laughs> I think I know what I'd be heard for. Uh, Joel, you want to give us your best, uh, best uh, Bretter impersonation about uh, eating chilies? <laughs>
1: Oh, I knew was that was coming. I thought we'd already run this. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, nah, Dave's a good boy. I don't mind you. Yeah, yeah, it's all good boy. <laughs> all right,
2: Short and sharp today.
1: I
0: Never agree. gets old, mate. Never gets old. You know what?
2: <laughs> Did you realise what Corey... Now, I know we're talking about Subi Koji, but Corey's just whipped out that, that famous line from the movie Bruce Almighty. You know you know the scene where he's there eating pancakes with Jennifer Aniston and he goes, you know, this is the breast breakfast ever. You remember that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the movie. I didn't don't remember be, it. Oh, Bruce well, he Almighty. just whipped that out. Yeah
2: bit of a Freudian
0: slip there. Anyway, play on. <laughs> Who am I? We all ready? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. mate. Yep. All right. In my last nine games, I've scored sub 100 once. I'm priced between 500 to 600K. I'm a midfielder. Yep. Got it. I've only scored over 125 three times. You still think you got it, Bons?
2: Yeah. Andrew go.
0: Yeah, incorrect. Open to you, yes. uh, Jolie. My first five <laughs> rounds I only went over a hundred once. I scored under sixty twice, and I have a three round average over one twenty. Who am I?
1: Oh. Uh what, what position did you
0: say? Mid. Mid.
1: Oh Jesus. Uh Lock in here.
0: Bombsh have one more go.
1: Is it my boy Zach Merritt?
0: No, it is Josh Kennedy. Oh. Josh Kennedy. From the Sydney the, the Swans. Sydney one, obviously. Yeah. So, JPK yeah. was stunned when I was going through his numbers and how consistent he'd been over the last couple of weeks and was so surprised how poor he'd been at the start of the season. Yeah. With all this Fife potentially being out for a little while, dusty underperforming, is there any way now that we can look at JPK, JPK's red-hot run and consider him as an option?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think there's no question about it, yeah. I think look five fifty is like the the, the price tag that I don't like, man. I like, that's the only thing that's that's a bit of a turn off right now for for the pick. But aside from that, I mean, this is someone who, in years gone by, has just been a, a walk up start into SuperCoach midfields. And gee, are we all that surprised that we might be leaning on him again at the at the pretty end of the year? Because it's just year after year, he just always gets the job done.
0: You know, the funny thing is too, year after year, he's always he's not he's not. Doesn't normally start as slow as he did this year, but he's always yeah. a very, very strong finisher. Yes. very yes. strong. So yeah. right now, there's worse options I think you can be leaning on than JPK. What are your thoughts, Smitty?
1: Yeah, he's one of those types that I generally don't get too caught up in. Like I've always loved his work, and he, you know he's an animal, as we all know. But just, I always tend to steer clear of those sort of flavor of the month guys. Like you know, it was wines three weeks ago, and it was whoever else before that, and whatever. And um, yeah, look, I don't hate it because it might it might work out that you're playing a JPK against a Dusty, and and JPK rips him to shreds, and there you go, you're laughing. But personally, uh, it's not something I really go for.
0: Yeah, the the reason why I don't think it is so much a like a you know, hot topic kind of, you know, player of the month is because he's done it for, like, the last four or five years. Just consistently, just, yeah, just consistently at the back end of the year just puts the team on his back and rides the mid. And, like, this is including when Hanabree and, you know, like Park Park was more of a forward mid at that stage. But, you know, you had those years where Hanabree was a gun and JPK was a gun. I mean, I remember one year I was running both of them. Like they were just that good, and I really do like the JPK pick. I'm not going with it, but I really do like it. So um, there's de- there's definitely worse out there. Let's get on the conversation of Nat Five <coughs> at the moment, boys. What will you do? We'll play a little bit of hypotheticals. It is Monday night. We don't have much news. If it's one two, if it's three four, if it's four plus, bonfire answer each one of those questions for me.
2: Yeah, uh, one two hold. Anything else to trade?
0: Yep. Spinny got a question for you. What happens if you're yes. sitting right now about you know say you're sitting 300th overall and it's a 1 to 2 weaker. Do you just bite the bullet and just move him on and up and really go hard for overall?
1: <laughs> yeah, not not quite a situation I've ever found myself in, but yeah, I probably would. I think I would turf him in get someone because the points are what matter and if he's not scoring and you bring bringing on, I suppose it probably depends who your M9 is if you're in a fortunate position that you've got someone like, you know, we've been talking about over the last few weeks where it's an ablet or a wing guard or something, someone who, you know, you might get an 80 from maybe a hundred, 120. If you're lucky, um, then yeah, you could probably hold him for one or two. But if, if you've still got a rookie at M9 and, uh, yeah, like I said, it's all about the points and, um, you know, if if you're going to be running a Hearn or something like that with a 67 average and and you, you're going to get a 60, whereas, you know, someone else in the top 300 might have a full premium midfield and they're getting a 110, 120 from whoever their guy is, then, yeah, you've fallen behind the eight ball. So you probably would be leaning towards giving five to the flick I think based on who your M9 is. It's
0: going to come down to trades as well, I think, if you're in that situation. But one of the easiest things you can do is, I haven't really had, a you know, just depending on rookies, man. If you've got a rook that sits there on a um, place the day before or something like that, um, you can have a look at what they score potentially first before doing that. But I think it comes down to trade. I think if you're sitting up high, you, you'd almost... If you've got six-plus trades, you'd have to go for broke, I reckon, um, in yeah. overall. What if it's three to four bonds? Where What happens then?
2: I, I think three to four regardless. Overall the league, whatever you're playing for. I think it's a trade. Um, three to four takes you to the, the starter finals and I'll tell you what, with a hammy, first and and do you listen to Lions Lyon's press yesterday and he, he was attributing the bye to of potentially some of the reason why Fife could have actually done his hammy. So if you're gonna be running him week one, um coming back from a hammy when Lion thinks you know the bye potentially had a reason to do with his hammy, then I'm I'm not confident in that at all. So and I and I think I learned my lesson from Matt Crash this year. He came back from a hammy. I bought him the week he came back. And uh, he played a game and then he missed the week after. My memory serves me right. Or he had a, you know, another game off there relatively quickly. So, um, yeah, I, I would be staying well clear of it. Um, I wouldn't be looking to bring him in if you don't own him. And, yeah, probably moving him on if, if you do. If it's that length of time.
0: Love it. I think it's perfect. Joel, yep. anything to add with that?
1: Nah, no, nothing. Nailed it, I think.
0: I think the next one comes into account. Dustin Martin, boys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> The community is filthy at him. I mean, no surprise. One, can he turn it around? Two, if you're trading, what's the minimum amount of trades you've got to have left? I think three, if you're sitting, same kind of question, sitting in top 300 overall, and you've got the luxury of trades, does he have to go, Bounce? 100%.
2: So say you've got a completed team... Um, and look, this is the complicating factor now. Is five in this Martin situation? You may have to hold Martin because you might have to move on five. But let's say five's a one to two, right? And you've got you know five trades left. i more than comfortably move on. Uh, move on, Dusty. I, uh, and I say, how long ago did I say this? It's, it would have been at least a month ago that I said him going into his buy. You've actually just got to look to move him on because I had enough of him back then, and I've never been a big fan of Dusty. And um, so and the only reason I picked him this year was because I missed him last year and I was too stubborn to pick him last year, and now it's just all gone absolutely pear-shaped. But look, his value's crap; he's only worth four fifty. But I'll tell you what: if you got anywhere up to fifty k in the bank, um, you can find yourself probably a really good replacement for him. I think. Spready? Yeah, just looking at his history,
1: um, I'm quite surprised actually that I haven't already moved him on because since round four. He scored a 141 in round four. He's only cracked a ton twice since round four, and that's a 103 and a 105, and that's just not the sort of scores you would expect from a reigning Brownlow middleist. And we've been sitting on him, well, I assume, I say we as in majority of the community, but I've been sitting on him for 10 weeks thinking he'll turn it around and he hasn't quite reached the height. So, yeah, look, if 10 weeks is a solid, um, what's the word, solid body of work for you to look and go, okay, well, yeah, this is what he's putting out. Is it going
2: to turn the corner? Probably. This you know, is. Probably leaning towards no. This is one of those classic ones, Joel, where because everyone owns him and he's never your, a unique in your team, you never notice what his output is. Yeah. And if you go back and look through his disposals and goals and games, he's often getting, you know, mid-20 touches and a, and a goal or two still in a game. His yeah. stats are good. His impact on game is not.
0: And, yeah, and that's, that's the
2: difference. That's right.
0: If you are sitting in a spot in your league right now, say you're in the top four, you're pretty comfortable that you'll still make finals. Is it a case that you just ride it out until you get to the finals, just in case we get some carnage elsewhere with trades, sit it out and then reevaluate that week one of finals? Yeah, I
2: think so. Yep. Absolute no brainer. You could trade Martin this week and, I don't know, you can buy Matt Crouch and Matt Crouch can go do his hammy next week and all of a sudden yeah. you've got no Crouch and no Martin and you're fielding a Hearn. So, which, on this week's form, actually, you'd scored more points because Ernie outscored him this week, didn't you? But, <laughs> he? He did. Mean, I mean, you're never even, comfortable running a Ernie over Martin, are you? Even Stefan Jaro outscored Dusty this week. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob Dawson got within three.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jesus, never good. I'm going to throw a couple of names at you boys, and I want you to tell me the three that you would con- seriously consider going to um, for a Dusty off-off in these situations. we got Callie, Oliver... Crips, Crouch, Gaff, Neil, JPK. If you could pick three there, who would you narrow it down to?
2: Sorry, man, you're gonna have to do that again.
0: Callie, yep. Oliver, Crips, yeah, yep. Crouch, Gaff, Neil, JPK.
1: Well, I feel and like if there's someone we, else, you we can chuck yeah. it up. No, a few weeks ago when we did well, when I was in the last podcast with you boys, the the topic we were talking about was Kelly, Crips, and Oliver. Just those three. So I I would be advocating
2: if you didn't have one of those three again, and you were getting rid really of Dusty, then I'll be going to one of them. Yeah, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick fat, and I'm and I'm certainly taking. I think Kelly and well, Crips is a no brainer in that. I think that's a non negotiable there. I think mean, Kelly almost falls into that category, and I think Oliver is. I don't know if I'd call him a non like, it's, it's funny because you asked me this last week, and I say Oliver's a non negotiable, and all of a sudden he's got a 59, and, and you kind of doubt the pick, but I'll stick fat with Oliver and, and say Oliver again.
0: I think, and I agree with those two as well. So let's narrow it down then. Let's go Crouch, Gaff, Neil, JPK, I even Merritt as well. Who you taking?
1: Oh, I'll be going Gaff, Neil, JPK, and who are the others?
2: Crouch and Merritt. Merritt Crouch. Yeah, well, so I probably have um, – so this is really tough. So they're all similar players. They're all little players. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking more here of Merritt, Crouch, and, and Lockie Neal. who get a lot of contested ball but don't get a lot of super coach love. Um, and all you need to do is go and look at the stats from the weekend from Neal, Merritt, and, and Crouch. Have a look at contested. Have a look at disposal efficiency. Have a look at all that. And the scores they put out is complete bullshit because if um, Crips had that sort of game, they'd be pumping 150, 160 for sure. So um, Gaff is a little bit different with more his outside, but Gaff's probably most consistent out of a lot. So I'll probably take um, Gaff at number one um, and then I'll... Oh, gee, then it's kind of throw your hat over the rest of it. I don't have a look at the fixture so he's got the best fixture going home. But, um, gee, if, if I have to pick now on the spot, i I probably put Matt Crouch at number two uh, just because I love of what he said during the week, and said that you know I'm going to get this team back on track, yada yada yada, and he came out and had a good score on the weekend. Um, I think Merritt's a bit susceptible to tags, so I'll go Neil um, and then Zeret.
0: Kind of took the words right out of my mouth too with Crash. Do, yeah. um, do you think the
1: Do you think the Fife injury and him missing however many games it's going to be uh, helps or hinders Lockie Neil's output? Yeah,
0: these are my next questions. Fife, no. Neil, and Walters. What's it do?
2: Uh, Walter's probably increases, but I think Walters then becomes more susceptible to an injury, to be honest, because he's got more lactic acid running through his um running through his legs. Neil is like he's already contested already. Neil knows how to handle the tag, I feel, um, and I mean probably two years ago was probably the last time Neil was was really taken out of the game, I reckon. And um, made the blow the blow tackles. You can get points a variety of ways. So we've seen on numerous occasions him kick, you know, three four goals in in a game as well. So. Oh, I'm not concerned by Neil at all, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yep. For me, I, know, I didn't really answer the question before, too. Um, my favourite there is Gaff, just on pure point performance. The value pick, I think, is Crouch at 483k, um, especially what he said and then come out and did. I don't mind Merritt as well. I think he's been in pretty good form and it's just he's consistent too, but I think for the extra 20k, I'd rather Gaff. Um, the point of difference, I would take Lockie Neil if that's yeah. what you're after. But price, I think, is, I think price has to weigh a huge factor in this. And Andrew Gaff yeah. being 525k is just crazy cheap. Crazy cheap. And d- Dusty to a Neil upgrade
1: is 120,000, so... Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
2: yeah. It says, hey, and you know what? For all the shit I copped at the start of the year about Zach Merritt, I'll tell you what, his last six weeks... It's, it's no it's no coincidence that I've started winning games in the last six weeks because he's gone <laughs> five out of six um, scores over a ton in the last six and he's got Collingwood this week, who he's already scored a ton on this year and a ton on last year and then Gold Coast of Frio in, in consecutive weeks after that. So, um, oh, gee, Merrick's a good option.
0: It, I mean, but, this will be a big conversation next week, but if Fife is out and Walter's thumbs up this week, is he almost going to be a must-have, you reckon, moving forward? No. Nah. You're just no. so worried about injury, aren't you?
2: Yeah, and, and what this, we had this exact conversation at this stage last year, and it wasn't so much around Fife injury. It was around just Walter's general sort of scoring output, and my concern last year was that he'll go ping or ping, 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 as some people like to say, and uh, that's exactly what happened. So I'm, I'll predict a, a ping, ping, ping again this year.
0: Oh, beautiful. Okay, so I think we've really kind of covered the mids enough. I mean, they're all kind of similar. It's basically take the player that you like, take take the player you can afford, use the cash as wise as you possibly can. Um, and cross um, your
1: fingers and hope for the best.
0: Yeah, I think Gaff offers up just that value. Yeah. Super, super yeah. value. Um, Westhoff and Wingard, boys, I really want to talk about this. Bombs. We're gonna to flick to you too, mainly. Um, have you got West off, Jolly? Ah, uh, nope. No. Nah. Uh, right Not now, is yeah. he? Do you think he's just a must-have? I mean, we're going through his stats the other night. They're just incredible. Um, Versus Wingard, who's fifty k cheaper. Pros and cons for both. Four. Oh no! You get you
2: nail it. Um, well, pros and cons are both. I, I honestly think that the, the pros is that, you know, they're, they're both elite players and they're both probably going to average over the 100 for the remainder of the year, providing Wingard's role uh, stays the same. Um, the cons, I don't think there's a con in Westhoff. I have to be brutally honest about it. The con in Wingard is that maybe he moves back to a, to a forward pocket, but to be honest, I'm, I'm not seeing that happen whatsoever. Um, they've got Lindsay Thomas. They've got Robbie Gray, who they've, they're clearly deciding to play in, in the forward pocket ahead of Ahead of him, and um, you know, then they've got Dixon, they have got Westhoff floating down there. They've what's the young fella's name? Uh, who's had the really traumatic uh, experience with his parents and that? Uh, Marshall, Marshall, and um, you know, both runs through there. They've just got too many, too many options up forward. That Wingard will stay through the middle. Um, sure, Wingard's a injury prospect, uh, potentially in the back end, but um well i'm not worried about it at all he was he played a game a couple of weeks back where he only scored about 80 odd and they interviewed him you know straight after post game and said you know you didn't spend as much time through the midfield and he said yeah look i just felt that you know my loads in the midfield were pretty big and he was just feeling a bit tight so he spent a bit more time up forward but he got through a game he scored 80 next week probably would have eased off uh, during the week in terms of training loads went straight back into the midfield and bang straight back over the hundred so um i got zero concerns to be honest for the both of them and i <laughs> When when it was getting flirted, at, you know, when Wingo was like 350, should we be buying him? And I said, yeah, forward, forward mid-swing is the absolute perfect thing to do because him covering you for five right now is would just be ever so sweet, I reckon. And, and Westhoff, to me, is an absolute top... Well, with Heaney's... You know, Heaney's uh, probably going to miss next week. Probably, like, Westhoff Off McLean, Heaney are probably, like, the non-negotiables in the forward line for me. Yeah.
0: With... Um if you've got two of them, can you get a third?
2: Yeah. Well, I couldn't care. I mean, I'm, if Fife goes down, um, I'm going to potentially look to see if there's any way possible I can bring Wingard in to cover him and just have you know Wingard as a, as a kind of swinger um, through the back end of the year or use, I don't know, just loophole someone else because I think you just look at it week to week, right? Most people own Gray. You can almost take Gray out of the conversation. But Wingard and Westoff, and a lot of people actually own Off too. But so then you're almost just like running Wingard. But all three of them, just week after week, there's there's like rarely a week where one of them goes under eighty. Do you know what I mean? Like the, all of them are always just bang eighty
0: plus. Yep, can not get that, Joel? Yeah, I know nah, you were feel, big. You were very big on Wingard at the start of the year, and then yeah, you was. off it, and then now. So I want to get your thoughts on this as well.
1: Yeah, I was kind of hoping we would end up talking about this today. Um. Yeah, like I I was going to start the year with Wingard as you just touched on, and then uh, got cold feet and whatever probably through JLT form and all that sort of stuff. But um, yeah, when we were talking about him a few weeks ago, and Bomba said he didn't mind him, you know, at that three fifty mark, and I you know I was looking at him, I had him in my food for thought column on the spreadsheet and all this sort of stuff. Um, I just I don't know, I just couldn't bring myself to bringing him in there without the Without the months of scores behind it, uh, and did and I actually did say in a few weeks that he might end up being a legitimate prospect, and now he's getting to that point where <clears throat> next week he could be nearly 500k and almost back to where he started for the year with with a block of five games behind him that have probably gives him about 100 average, and um, yeah, I do like the pick. I almost wish that I went west half instead of Gray during the buys. Uh, because obviously, Westhoff is more of a jack of all trades, and we saw him on the weekend playing behind the ball. And then when they need him, he's a forward option, or if they want him, he's a winger, and he just plays everywhere. Which the versatility just helps with him so much. But um, yeah, Port obviously, I think I feel like with Grey, his scores all come down to whether or not he kicks goals, and generally. He does, but he's not going every week. And I think out of the three, he's probably now the most likely to put in a really poor score and maybe cost you a win out of all three of them.
2: Ooh, that's be cool.
1: Yeah, I don't know. He's we obviously a class player. Yeah,
0: yeah. I understand what you're saying, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think a lot of people do have him bombs, and I think that plays yeah. a huge a huge factor into it.
2: And I think as well, like Wingard. I mean, still fully endorsing him, but only fully endorsing this as a, as a mid-forward swing loophole type option. So, you know, imagine, you know, he covers for five over the next, say, three weeks, whatever it's going to be, and then bang, you move him up four. And if you've got someone like Franklin who's so erratic, imagine loophole and Franklin into Wingard, you know, every single game, like, you're pretty happy with that. Yeah. Walters
0: Walters with Wingard or something like that as well, yeah. just in case if one yeah. of them gets injured, things like that too. Yeah. Um, your... I must say, don't trade Isaac Heaney if anyone's crazily <laughs> thinking of doing that. I've seen some batshit crazy things come up forward. Right now, if you could just go six forwards off the top of your head, who are you going?
2: Heaney, um, Westhoff, Gray, McLean. How I many is that? Heaney, Westhoff, Gray, McLean. Um, can I count Sis? Or You can count Sis. Yeah, okay, Sis. Um, Still that like McDonald up there? Uh, still, for, oh, yeah. In terms of average for the rest of the year, if I'm not taking into consideration uh, break evens and that sort of stuff. Then, then yeah, McDonald.
0: Is he 100% running at your forward or last F six or D six role, especially now with the price? Oh. Shot? So yeah, one score of yeah. 39. You're not worried about the injury.
2: The the only look, the only player I think that for me that could probably take it away from him. There's probably two players actually. One's Mundy. And, you know, I liked Monday pre-season. And maybe there's more midfield minutes there for him. But realistically, probably not going to happen. But the other one that I that I like and that I said that if he didn't have such a shit buy, I, I would have got him in my forward line as um, Sam Minagawa. And I, I think he's been a little bit underrated, um to well, to be brutally honest.
0: Four out, I know of, he's got that. Four out of Monday's last... Uh, three out of Monday's last four scores have been sub-82. Yeah. But you think if fives out, think... he goes in?
2: I think if fives out I think you can see him on midfield from Monday. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was just gonna say one guy I don't think that gets enough. Uh, well not not even that he deserves praise, it's just I think his numbers are just there. He averages a hundred mid forward. Does anyone want to have a guess who he is and no one talks about him? Mitch Robinson. Yeah. And I've just I'm actually still really tempted just to bring him in at F six.
0: I've had a couple of people ju- last week.
1: I'm not sure to get there yet, but I've, look, I've been watching him all year, and he's still giving me no reason to jump off. What about Jack yeah.
0: Billings now, boys?
1: You just... Oh,
2: let's nah. Can I just say, Mitch, Mitch Robinson, Mitch Robinson, last five games, Joel, one ton, and it was 172. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. no, nah, nah, I was just looking. Next top the score last. Eight. Right, so that's the worry. And he has... What, what did he miss
1: the
0: three or four games in between Injury. round 11
1: and 15 for? Was it injured? Yeah. Yeah.
0: You know, in previous history, he yeah, probably, probably would have said he smacked someone, but this time it was injury.
1: <laughs> well, that's what I
0: assumed. I just figured he
1: got suspended because that's what Mitch Robinson yeah. does. So. <laughs> I don't know. No, he's, he tempts me, but anyway.
0: <laughs> what about little Jack Billings who couldn't score 100 again on the weekend? If you traded him out, is he an option at all? <laughs> yeah.
2: No, You couldn't bring yourself to do it, surely?
1: do
0: even
1: know who that guy is anymore.
2: I don't think about him. Yeah, not at all. Just <laughs> some bad
0: that uh, I do to know. Brewsty with a three-round average of 121. Anyone having a look at him?
2: Uh, surely not. Surely nah. you can't be looking at him. Just asking. Six
0: not, again, defenders, nah, too. Let's go down back. We spent a lot of time up forward. I think most yeah. people would know who they want. If you're on six defenders right now, who would you take?
2: Oh, this is the most easiest line, I have to say, to pick. It is no doubt... Lloyd Simpson, Yo, Led, Crisp, and then like Cicely, if you can, if you want to select him as a defender there. But if you're going to have Cicely as a forward, I still like Luke Ryan as the next best, despite the shit school in the weekend.
1: Yeah, I can't really argue with any of them. Um, like I just touched on before, my last upgrade is a defensive upgrade, um, and the one I don't have. Who did you say again? I forget. Um Chris Ryan yeah, I don't have Chris, but I don't have Ryan. But I was actually looking at maybe getting um, T Mac back there, and then yeah. having that swing. That having Swiss. that swing with Sicily,
0: so. I don't mind that as all, at all. Um, Webster, Hurley, or Ryan? Taking everything oh. into account, go with you first, Smitty, because I know what Bon's answer is.
1: Yeah, uh, or
2: oh. Ryan, Luke Ryan, Bon's. Yeah, Ryan, then Hurley, then. Webster.
0: Mine's Webster. So confident on Webster. I get the injury. I get the injuries there, and that's always going to be a concern at the back end of the season. But when he's out on that field, it's, it's points. Um, and I don't think they're going to risk him. I think they're going to make sure his body's right. So when he does return and he is out there, I'm pretty confident. And I'm backing in Webster, and he's like my last um, defensive upgrade.
1: So then to play devil's advocate for a minute, if. You think they're going to play him when his body's right and all that sort of stuff? What if it gets to the end of the year, Saints are not in the finals race and he's got some sort of niggle and they just go, "Oh yeah, we'll just put you on ice for the rest of the year." Any chance of that happening? Or
0: I don't think so. I don't. I I, I seriously don't. Um, if he's if he's put him out, if they've put him out there already. I think they'll want a little bit more integrity um, than to just rest uh, Webster for the sake of it. Um, but if there is something that's if he's not fifty if he's not one hundred percent, then they won't play, and I can guarantee you that. Um, if, yeah. he's, if he gets back out on the field and he's playing, whether it's next week, the week after, I'll definitely have a look at him. But if there's something, I mean, you, you can't pick him now when he returns anyway. So we have to have that data of looking at him and seeing how he's going, um, as it is. But if something does smell fishy, look fishy, just look not right, then I'll just can it and I'll go someone else. Because the options are there. And it, it like, like be like you, the T-Max wing or Sisley down back and grabbing another forward, something safer like that. Yeah. Yeah, but that's there. Bombs, anything to add on that?
2: Um, no. no. Look, the only thing I want to say about defenders is that, again, laughed at and ridiculed for saying Lloyd will be the number one defender in the back end of the year. And, um, yeah, well, the averages will suggest that I think he is the number one so far.
0: We haven't finished yet, mate. <laughs> I think Simpson actually might be the actually, one Actually yeah, I think Simpson's I'll, I'll, picking in by like I'm 5 points so.
2: Yeah it's um, yeah, very close though
0: Good luck with that one uh, Ready for some questions? Yep uh, We'll start with the people who uh, followed the instructions And jumped on the supercoachelites.com uh, <laughs> website And I went to the podcast questions page um, Scarty's V Ranked 605 overall with, Gu- with Fife Guelphie, my only real issue. However, Nick Nat is hurting me with 117k cash and five trades. Is Fife to Danger and Nick Nat to Grundy worth it? Or do I concentrate on Fife slash Guelphie to who? Cheers, guys, and keep up the great work. Scar is V. Yeah,
2: get Grundy and get Danger, man. Oh, but what brand, that means hey. he's
0: fielding Guelphie uh, still. So you've got to weigh up the third option there. If Fife's oh, okay. out, Fife's got to go, and I think Guelphie has to get upgraded before Nick Nat to Grundy.
1: Yeah. I, I think Guelphie yeah, could be that. the
0: one that can really seriously hurt you, point-wise. He's, he's, the way he plays, he's capable of 100, but he's also capable of 20s, because he just cooks the ball.
2: Mm, yeah, look, yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Guelphie so has
0: is to he, go. Is he
1: saying that five to danger... Plus, what he's already got in the bank is going to get him enough for a decent
2: Guelfi upgrade. He's already, yeah, he.
0: he's already got 117k on him. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah, oh, so yeah. What's Dangerfield? You about? can't get
2: a decent upgrade. 100. No, there's only 30k difference between Fly and Danger, so he's going to have what 150. So you're going to buy. You have to buy someone at 450. Like Wingard's your only option, but I think you're really stretching it, and I don't think you're. You're probably going to fall a few dollars short. I think actually as well to get Wingard. Well, work do, you if you
0: just, do you then uh, just jump a little bit further? It, you don't do you jump a further bit down from Dangerfield and hope that one of those other players that you can get will outscore him on the back end to this, of the season like a gaff?
2: Yeah. You, you yeah. kind of have to hope that, yeah, if it means you can go guilty, you know, to, to I think Westy is like a, a much better sort of pick. But I think as well, you look at Danger, and I wrote this in my captain's article for last week, but everyone's bitching about him. One score under 100 on the season, and it was 94. Sure, he's not scoring 160s and 170s like the last few years we've become accustomed to, but please don't forget, one score, sub 100, and it was 94 this year. And that was way back in round six. He hasn't scored under 100 since round six. How
0: many trades did he have? He's got five trades, so maybe it is worth going the Fife and Grundy one this week, and then maybe one up, one down for Guelphie, running one, and then just praying that no one gets injured and you can kick up that overall count?
2: Well, I think this is what I would probably do. Would I do this? No, I probably wouldn't do it, actually. No. <laughs> I was thinking, can you, can you somehow swing Gilfie into the midfield or something like that so you can downgrade him to Sear and maybe get a Seer on field or something like that, that just in the meantime? And, and then you've got a fair bit of Dosh in the bank just to go, you know, Fife and, and Nick Nat and fix those couple of issues, but, man, I'd love to see this guy's bench just to be able to help yeah, out. So might, might have to
0: like try to and do like a rookie. A a um, Dean Lazaro, inside the top 1,000 with eight trades and a full primo team. I need cash to turn Holman into gaff for primo cover while Fife is down. Man, I really like this. Do I trade Rice down to a rookie or Fritch down to Billings? Both trades generate enough cash, enough cash for gaff. Man, Fritch to Billings is what I really like. If I keep Fritch, (laughs) here's F7 loophole with Dugowie. Oh my god. If I trade him and Billings becomes my F7 with Dugowie. Guess it comes down to whether we trust Billings to be better cover than Fritch. Thoughts. Man, how good did this guy start the season and did (laughs) he just get no injuries at all? Man, Dean well done. it, He doesn't need our help. (laughs) I... I think I like Billings. I think because if you grab Billings, it gets you the gaff <laughs> cover, <laughs> and you're not playing yeah. him on field. Yeah,
1: yeah, I can see oh, yeah, why you're that. you're playing
0: Dugui or Billings on field. Oh shit, they could actually—they could both stink it up in a week. I so, tell you, I tell you what you need to do here, Dean. You need to go through and check the remainder of the fixture. And whoever you do go down to, you need to make sure that one's a Saturday, one's a Sunday, or their times aren't going to interlap in, in close games and make sure that that loophole works as well. And I think that'll pay the biggest dividend to this. I know we don't all like investing huge time and things like that, but when you're sitting in the top 1,000, a couple hours probably study would do would benefit you long-term with that. But just yeah. a quick answer, Fritz or Dugowie? Fritch or Billings?
2: The thing I didn't like about Fritch was he sat forward pocket. I know he nailed yeah. four goals, but he sat forward pocket on the weekend. <laughs> I wasn't a fan of that. Um, yeah. if, so Fritch or degoey, I mean, I'd always pick the name player, I think. so, um, And particularly if you're able to loophole someone like that. it's just It just sucks that you can't find a better option. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure you can do something. Can't you downgrade someone else and go home and up?
0: Yeah, he can go down back. He can go rice down to a rookie and then just keep Fritch there.
2: Just buy, like, a 102k yeah. rookie or something, and um, I think I'd think I prefer that.
0: And then maybe, I mean, I don't know how many, Yeah, you know, he's still got eight trades, yeah, do that, and then go next week, go someone else down, and then fritch up to a, you know, a wing guard or someone like that.
2: Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's where to go. Jamie Wiley got seven trades and full primo. Need to win almost every league game to make the eight. Look to upgrade some mediocre players such as Hurley, Savage, Billings and Dusty, or trade Fife or Hold. Well it just depends. You gotta wait for the Fife news. Um he's got seven trades. I'd probably the first one I'd probably be upgrading, even though he played pretty well on the weekend, would be Savage. Yeah. Um or Hurley as well. I, I, Dusty, sorry, I Dusty a Upgrade, I Dusty. think the difference
2: now. Yeah, I think the difference between Dusty and the next midfielder you're bringing in will probably be Better than bigger Savage than Savage. Then yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Savage think, going up to like, another. De- it depends though, because if you have got Savage, are you missing someone like Lloyd Simpson, Yo or lead Because you've already got Hurley and Savage, so like, are you missing one of those like real big boys or, or Crisp? Because like that makes seven. Like there's Sicily as well, so. Gee, actually, because, like, imagine, like, this guy doesn't have Lloyd. Like, Savage to Lloyd is way bigger than, like, Martin to Matt Crouch, I reckon.
0: Yeah, it just depends on your team, again. Um, Justin, yeah. six trades left with fully upgraded teams. I look at trading out Dusty, Isoto, who would have 508k and playing for league. I think it depends where you are in your league. What we spoke about earlier, if you are going to get to finals... And still be, it, then you can still hold Dusty through, and then have a look at upgrading. But I think five hundred eight K now, you could go a Martin or a Matt Crouch.
2: Well, well, he's trading out Martin, so Matt uh, Crouch. Matt Croucher, not Martin.
0: Yeah. Um, No, Now five
2: twenty six. So oh, he'd, he, he'd be the biggest. Oh, was he five hundred eight last option. week? Yeah,
0: he'd be the biggest budget option.
2: Um, there's players like Canilio who just seem to score well. Um, week on week. Somehow, even though, despite myself not rating them. Um, but I probably wouldn't recommend someone like Pendlebury. Um, it's it's really, it's a, a creature past. I mean, would you consider Dane Beams? You, you probably wouldn't. Why I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't
1: you advocate
2: Pendlebury? Because I've, I've been looking at him there's recently. There's not enough tons. There's not enough tons in there. I know he's turned up the last two weeks, but prior to that, he went five weeks without a ton. Yeah. No, that's true. I'm just, yeah,
0: and and you gotta remember now. This is S- Scotty Penderbury is such he's such a captain and a good captain that he will do whatever it takes for his yeah. team to get the win. Yeah, he's So game. he can do. He will go and tag a player. He will do. Is him and Cochin they do the similar thing. They're gun players, but they will do whatever they need to do for their team to get the win. And if that mean like when he played on Crips at the start of the year? If that meant him going to Crips for the whole game and then doing absolutely nothing, he'll do that. So I think that's the biggest worry with a player like Pendlebury compared to an extractor like Crouch, who is valuable at getting the ball and using it. Um, I would
1: argue in the games where he has done this tagging role, it's been an offensive tag, and in the games where he's tagged, he's tunned up, whereas in the games against St Kilda, Bulldogs, Frio, Brisbane, when he hasn't tagged, those have
2: been his low scores. Yeah. wasn't he Wasn't he um tagging Billings?
0: <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Billings has <laughs> had to tag all year. That's why he scored so bad. Uh, oh. That's
2: right. what I thought was happening. Let's move on. We well, did get when you playing as a forward.
0: <clears throat> Can you see T McDonald keeping being a premium keeper? Seems to have got forgotten how to play after his recent good form. I think coming off probably almost a set of broken ribs, he can probably be forgiven for the weekend. game. A, that's a bit yeah. stiff.
1: He puts in one stinker and everyone and he starts ripping him.
2: <laughs> but That's what it takes. Like, I, I sympathise with this guy because I'm exactly the same. I'm so reactionary.
0: Yeah, but he'll come out and play on the wing in two weeks' time and then you'll be like, he's got to be a keeper again. He'd done exactly what people who don't have him needed him to do. Yep. Score a shit score so he could get him. Um, it just depends where he plays. But you do have to remember he was playing sore. So I don't think he should have played on the weekend. I don't work at the club, but I don't know. I haven't seen injury report, I haven't seen anything, but I he was sore at the start of the week. I don't think he was getting over that hit in two, three, four days. So He I, actually,
1: um I'm just looking at the some stats. He that the game he played on the weekend, even though he was sore, was the third most amount of time he spent on the ground in a game this year, so even though yeah, you know because, was because
0: hang on, because he played in the forward line. That's why he spent the most time. Have a look at every other game that he's played this year. It's been him and Hogan. One of them up to the wing, the other one goes to the forward pocket, and then they would mm. just run. They would just consistently just run and run and run and run. They, they run their opponent off their feet. It's like, you know, poor man's Nick Rewell, That's what they do. They just run their opponent into the ground. He'd go to the wing, he'd run on the wing. When he was sitting in the forward line all day, he wasn't running. He was kick it to me, put it on my head, I'll mark it. The way he played against Collingwood, except to kick goals in that game. Um, yeah, because he
1: was playing on Yeah, So
0: I think it's I think you have to take that into account. You know, just necessarily yeah, because he's playing so much more minutes doesn't mean he should score more points because he's not playing that point scoring role.
2: Fair, fair. Yep. And and the problem and I think the problem what I'm concerned about is what Melvin kicked sixteen goals in the weekend, did he even feature on the goalkeeper list? No, I don't think. Like, so. you know, they're kicking twelve a few weeks back and he's kicking six of them. You know what I mean? Like that—that's a big discrepancy there. Whether they think they were too reliant on him, and maybe they're trying to move their ball different in the forward line as well, and and not go through him every single time. Uh, but you know what? If you got a player who can is as efficient as him when you put the ball in, you know, any sort of area playing that sort of role, why change it?
0: I just think it's that reactive call. I mean, have a look how good Hogan's game was. Yeah, and and, and th- that's the kind of flip side to that that argument is they they haven't played too many games where they've both absolutely dominated yes they have but they haven't played too many like that it's going to change they can both play that exact same role they've both got great tanks they're both great overhead marks they can both kick so I just think you take the good with the bad and um, you move on you definitely do not trade him um, Nathan Woods how do I remove supercoach from my life forever <laughs> I don't think you want to do that uh, Fozzy Wolf JPK oh, oh,
1: just on that just on that I'll uh I'll hit up that guy uh personally because he's actually my cousin and he's being a goose. So Woodsy, we'll if you're listening,
2: neck up, mate. Move on.
0: <laughs> JPK versus Higgins and Matt Crouch v Gaff.
2: Um, Gaff and JPK. Same.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, is four trades left after this week too little? Considering I have a full side and I have cover for five. No. Well, on. no, because I've got two
2: it <laughs> <laughs> so wow. feel like a dream right now to me Yuck. Um, is it is it too little no i don't think so no yeah
0: nah. you, if you're not in finals or you're not going to make finals you have to go out at all costs to try and get there i think right now um if you're in there and sitting at the top of the ladder you can be a little bit more conservative and and not worry about going ham but um yeah uh crisp v yo crisp
2: oh
1: no, nah, if you don't have yo i think he's a must
0: get i'm,
2: I'm so all in on crisp though yeah, yeah uh,
0: well i don't i think i've been a little bit too reactive on that yo poor game i'm going to go yo still but i think yo, you know is that poor game. good
2: never ball game it's oh. good 94
0: good was it the week before? Did he have a poor game the week before? Or was he stinking so. at it at halftime? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, got McCray in five at the moment with seven trades. That's I don't think that's <laughs> a question. Um, you have to move one of them if they're long-term because you can't afford to hold both of them on the bench, I don't think. And whoever's going to be out longer, that's the one you move. Uh, Dugowie or Gray for last forward line option? Gray. Right. Yeah, I've,
1: I've been thinking a lot about Jordan degoey And whilst... Whilst I'll rate the kid and think in a couple of years he'll be a machine, I I just don't understand the hype right now about him. Like, the money that North offered him, I get why they offered him that much because they're banking on him turning into that million-dollar player. But he's not anywhere near it. And you even watch it. uh, watch Collingwood against the Gold Coast this week, and he had, like, nine touches and kicked two goals. And, like, he got involved sometimes. But he's just,
2: yeah, I just don't get it. Neither do I. I but I'm with I'm with you there, and and of course Corey's going to understand that. And if Brett was here, I'd be getting absolutely amused for saying something like that. But I'm I'm glad someone else has had the balls to say something like that because it's something I totally agree with.
0: We won't be having uh, uh, Joel back on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I love him.
2: I love him. Don't get me wrong. I love him. But uh, just, want you know, he's probably uh, one of the biggest Collingwood boys. Bloody guys out
0: there. He does. A little bit of (laughs) colouring advice, too, Jules. I don't know where to go. He's done it on. Stu Bell, with Trades Limited, do I move on Dusty or wait and hope he goes big? Also, uh, what's the main reason he's underperforming so badly?
2: Because he's shit. Um, And (laughs) you can can just wait. There's no point doing it now. You you can just wait to the back end, particularly because Trades are Limited. Um, Yeah, look, the reason... I don't know the reason, and you know what? I loved it when I, I seen this thing on Twitter. You know, I'll retweet it from the elites um, as well after after the pod. But that was not the greatest individual year of all time last year. Dangerfield's year, the year before, actually eclipsed him in every sort of in every sort of um, uh, statistical category of the game.
0: Yeah, He's I know. So I
2: know
1: what Arky are talking about. There's about ten players above Dusty that had personal better
2: years or something. I'm like that. He Didn't deserve the Norm Smith, first of all. Yes, he won the Brownlow. Yes, he won the flag in the same year, right? But the Norm Smith was a complete joke, and that's why people crap on about this whole, you know, greatest year of all time. All right, let's us Turn this
0: into the dusty beaten show. He's not as bad as you make out to be. So, um, and next time you knock a player, I think I'm going to start him that year after. In I all guess. seriousness, back. I know
1: we, I know <laughs> we talk. About, I know we're a permanent, well, not permanent. Sorry, we're exclusively SC podcast. But it, surely he's not all Australian worthy this year. No, you don't even hear it. <laughs>
0: no. I
1: just, but, but you know how it is. But with the, with these names like Martin and Rance and all this sort of stuff, they're kind of just they're kind of just default picks. They're kind no, of like, oh, we don't really. I don't care. think also, the Martin's getting
0: in. No, no don't I don't think, think he's either. But I just wouldn't be surprised if it somehow
1: he slipped in, just because yeah. of his notoriety. I guess he well, definitely hasn't KB, had a
0: good year as last year, but okay. I still think he's a champion of the game and. I'm um, holding him all the way up until the champion? finals. I, just, I wow. just think if he kicks 30 goals, but he, he'll get a half-four. He's a Brownlow medalist. How is he not a champion of the he...
2: game? Oh, so yeah. what? Woden's a champion?
0: Was. Yeah, yeah, he's a champion of the game. He's a Brownlow medalist. Oh, my God. History was. It, makes
1: me see, makes it probably goes, well, Woden, Cooney, Martin. Yeah. Yeah,
2: Cooney's a champion of the game.
0: I just... I think, yeah... I don't champion
2: know. is put out way too much, in my opinion. I've got very high standards in terms of what a champion constitutes, to oh, be honest a champion.
0: Probably got half the Carlton team down as champions, Zach Fisher or some crap, but we'll move yeah, on to that. Um, yeah, how many points does Devin Smith need average for Bretta to have any chance of not losing the challenge? <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> no, nah, Bretta, he's screwed. So if we work this out, here we go, let's do some quick maths, right? But if he is 15 points a game on average behind times, say, 14 games played, he's about 2.10 on the overall behind both Sicily and Moy. He's not catching that up. So, hold on, let's put it in. How many games left? Seven?
0: Yeah.
2: Seven or eight. Seven. So, let's say there's eight. So, he's got to catch up 26 points a week on, you know, either he's got to beat one of them by 26 points a week. That's not going to happen, man.
0: Yeah. Uh, Pete Legato, I have six trades left, two spots to upgrade for a tool team. If Fife is out. Um, first, what's the lengthy time for your trade? I already answered that. Or should I wait and complete my team first? Oof. One to two, you hold anything longer yeah. you have to trade. Um, yeah, I
2: reckon you complete your team before you get rid of five, particularly if you've got a chance to make finals or you're sitting somewhere in a top eight, which, let's face it, I know who Pete Legato is. There's absolutely no chance to uh yeah. make any sort of... no chance to get out of the bottom four, if being honest about it, Pete. Um, So, yeah, probably just... uh, I'd just finish your team and just see if you can... You know, at the back end of the year you have a, a real nice high scoring week where you might win a thousand bucks or something.
0: Ranked four twenty, this is Jimmy C five trades, five single trades to JBK here, or use two trades and get Shuey as cover for five and then bench him for the rest of the year. <laughs> Did you say yeah.
1: Shuey? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> especially, if four,
0: especially if you're ranked four especially if you're ranked four twenty, you're so much better going and picking up a primo oh, no. player.
1: Four twenty oh, blaze it.
2: Your your four twenty rank and you know what? I mean I don't mean to be offensive here, but we all know I'm the bad guy on the show, right? So please take this with a little bit of banter. I can't remember the bloke's name. But honestly, Jimmy. how the hell are you ranked four twenty if you're considering picking up like Shui to replace Five on the Field? Honestly, it's an absolute farce.
0: Just do it just do it, Jimmy. Go the safer option, go <laughs> the points in the bank. Do not go pick up someone like Shui. If he comes out and does what he done last week, and he drops like a sixty or a fifty-eight, you just. He scored one fifteen on the weekend. Oh, the week before, sorry, the, before the
2: whole yeah. month before that. It's so far away from from a good pick. It's ridiculous. I think.
0: Yeah, uh, is Chad is Chad Wingard good enough to keep on field rather than F seven M nine to save trades?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I was talking about before, about yeah. F6. That would be the only place I'd consider
0: having him. Yeah. Menegola yeah. or Walters? This is Tegan Bollinger. A oh, cool.
2: sorry. Menegola. Yeah.
0: If Fife is out, Walters, you can shove Bonfers Walters getting injury <laughs> up his ass until it actually happens, and then I've got to listen to it the whole time. So, Walters, if you've got a couple more trades too, Walters. All right, boys, Vice, Captain and Captain this week. Bonf, well, I mean, don't go on well, an hour probably. and a half rant because you're writing an um, article weekly now. And that's what I'll do. So you I'm can vent keep as this much, much as you want there. I'm
2: going to I'm gonna redirect people right to the article right later in the week because I'm really going to mull this over now. So instead of on a Monday night coming in and saying, yeah, this person, this person, I'm just going to give you a couple people who are in contention. All right. And you can refer to the choo choo your captain article on www.supercoachleads.com this weekend. And uh, so just so everyone's aware, the, the captain's article will be released the day before the first game of the week. So we've got Thursday games this week. so They'll be out Wednesday uh, night, hopefully around 7 to 8 p.m., somewhere around there, right? Um, so you've got plenty of time to have a look at it. Um, but certainly, um, if you, we have a, look, a quick look at the fixture, the people in contention or the players in contention this week, certainly Gorn, um, certainly Tom Mitchell. I mean, how, how can you not consider him? Um, Sean Higgins might be a, a sneaky bolter in there at some stage as well. And I think uh, providing what Freo do with uh, team selection, Max Gorn has to be almost a no-brainer there. All
0: right, mine's gone into Grundy. That was a lot quicker than Bombs. Uh, John?
1: <laughs> before I before I say my VCC, I'd love to just point out a few weeks ago, Bombs, when I was talking about my Food for Thought column and I had uh, old mate Missy Higgins in there and you said to me and I quote, if that's what you've got in your food for thought column, then I'll say something <laughs> I've never said before. I'm full. And here we are three weeks later, and he's advocating your <laughs> buddy captain's option. So where that come from?
2: <laughs> well, let me tell you, Joel. Um, he, he might be a one-hit wonder, Sean. He, he may feature this week and may never, ever feature again in his career. One's enough. One's enough. <laughs> yeah, Joel, he's he's a vice-captain captain. Probably, uh, yeah, probably
1: Titch into Gorn.
0: Ah, uh, that's impossible. Unless you're banking, no, unless you're banking on teachers, twenty 50. fifteen minutes of game time. Oh sorry. No, sorry, I was looking at the Brisbane
1: Brisbane game. My bad. Um, shit, I don't know. Um, <laughs> maybe a in a teach then something like that.
0: I'll tell you what. I don't understand. You. We know this is coming every week, and I no was one to, ever but then I just this question. Answer. Nah, all good. Uh, anything else, to Adam? For today's podcast, yeah. Boys. Now
2: I do have to say, I mean, I'm a little disappointed with the, with the top of the podcast how we started off here because we didn't start off by saying the scores. And just quietly, ever since about Sunday one o'clock, I've been quite eager to drop my score. So if we can kind of rewind here and and just maybe go through what we've all scored for the round, that, that'd make me and my ego do, do it a lot of good. I would have thought.
0: Uh, I dropped two, three, three, three. A bit behind you, twenty
2: two seventy five. Yeah. The, the bomb sticks rest man himself. He's cracked 2,200 this year. This is why I'm so wrapped with it. And I've, you know what? I've eclipsed 2,200, eclipsed 2,300, and I got to 2,412. So I was pretty proud of myself this week. So yeah, there's a little plug for myself there. I've got a lot of tickets on myself if no one's noticed already. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> nah,
0: a few. good work. First time you scored <laughs> over 2,200 all year. So it's like congratulations <laughs> to you. You'd
2: be, be right. I had five. I should have scored 2,500 and something. It's complete
0: bull. <laughs> All good, all good. All right, Alitas, thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. Um, Schmitty, thanks for filling in again. I mean, it's not too long until breda will be the fill-in and you'll be the regular here, so uh, that'll be <laughs> nice good. and easy. Um, <laughs> on behalf of us, community, peace out. Thanks for listening. Good luck this weekend's games.